Bienvenido a Kaiser Permanente. El doctor ya te puede ver. Verá que aunque eres muy activo, ahora te cansas más rápido de lo normal. Verá que a menudo almuerzas comida rápida. Próxima ventanilla. Verá que pones a tu familia primero y tu salud tiende a caer en segundo o tercer lugar. <risa> y claro que verá que tienes el azúcar alto, igual que tu papá. En Kaiser Permanente trabajamos juntos para ver todo lo que tú eres y darte el cuidado que tú mereces. Kaiser Permanente, para todo lo que tú eres. Welcome to Millennial 631. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Last week was DNC week. Now it's RNC week. And I think we're in for a lot of depression coming up. But we'll talk about the RNC later on in today's episode. However, today's taboo word of the week is Trump. If any of us says this word during today's broadcast, other than 10 seconds ago, we have to take a shot. And each of us has a shot. On our desk, ready to go. Last time we tried this, I said it. I said the taboo word, which was 2020, and we didn't catch it. <laughs> and the people listening live didn't catch it either. So now we have to catch this one. And I feel like it's going to happen uh, because we're going to be talking about he who shall not be named a lot. Yeah, this is definitely right. um, a, a bunker bitch heavy episode. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. I predict that we're going to fuck it up in the first 15 minutes. Well, the fun of this taboo word of the week is we have to think up new nicknames for him. Maybe we'll get more gems like the one that Laura just pulled out. <laughs> Andrew, you're like him. It makes me think of him from the Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, in other fun news, Mark and I actually joined our first D&D campaign this last week, Dungeons and Dragons. Nerds. Uh, for, for all you non-nerds, I'm so excited. We spent like three hours last week fleshing out our characters, <laughs> determining <laughs> races and classes and alignments um, and abilities and all of this other stuff. It was so much fun. But what I love the most about it is like you would work a little while on the campaign and then like you kind of go off, you know, like uh, off kilter and start just like talking as friends and catching up. So this is actually another really good way to like virtually socialize with your friends during quarantine. Doesn't cost anything like you can download the guidebooks for free or you can buy them if you want. Um, but it's just it's cheap entertainment um, allows you to exercise your creativity, and uh, I'm so stoked for our campaign. For anyone who's curious, um, I'm a wood elf, and uh, my class is I'm a bard. Right. Yes. A yes. bard. That thing. My brother <laughs> got involved with D&D. He loved it. A couple other friends have also been involved with D&D. It consumes your life in a way, doesn't it? Because you're building this entire world. Yeah, I mean, it definitely can. Um, I've This is my first campaign, so there's a lot of experience I can only speak to by virtue of having heard other people's experiences. But mm -hmm. depending on how intense you want to get with it, a single, you know, 
sit down can last like eight to 10 hours. We put a firm limit on ours. We said, we're going to do Thursday nights and we're going to time it at three hours because, you know, we all have to work and shit and stupid adult crap like that. Um, But we want to make sure that it lasts a while, too. Like, we don't want to blow through it too quickly. So we're pacing ourselves. Yeah. Okay. Well, good luck, nerd. Thank you. Pam, how are those wildfires over where you are? They're okay. It's a thing that we are kind of used to now, but I'm safe in case anybody is worried. I know that that was a, a thing like last year, two years ago, that you guys were worried, which was very, very sweet. But yeah, everything's fine. Um, we're getting a lot of smoke right now. And I haven't checked on the containment, but there hasn't been any evacuation notices pushed through on my phone. So that's always usually a really good sign. You know, what blew my mind a couple of days ago, it was hazy here in Vegas. And I thought it was just some normal summer haze. And then one night I'm reading Twitter and I'm seeing this report about the smoke and how it has spread across the entire western half of the U.S. What I was seeing was not haze. It was actually smoke from the California wildfires. And I could not believe that it makes its way all the way over here. Yeah, it's crazy that you guys got it over there because that you're about, uh, well, I don't know if it's that there are burning fires inland, but assuming that it's, you know, something that's closer to L.A., that's four hours away by car. For it to like push over towards you. Yeah. And it's also spread into Idaho and out near like Nebraska. I mean, it's spread really far. Just incredible. I mean, these California wildfires not only affect you all in California, but everybody in the western half of the United States, I'm now realizing. Yeah, it's it's wild for sure. I looked up and I yelled, Pam, can you hear me? Yeah, I messaged <laughs> Andrew on I can't remember what day last week. I was like, uh, we got to evacuate, so <laughs> I'll be gone. But Well, since we are talking about the DNC and RNC today, I wanted to also add a lighter topic here at the top of the show. I saw this new report from one of Laura's favorite sources, Pew Research. They have a new study pew, 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 on deal breakers and deal closers in potential relationships. And I thought we could go through these results and discuss if we feel the same way in terms of these being deal breakers or not. So here are the top deal breakers for a potential relationship. 51% said living far away is a deal breaker. So long distance relationships. Deal breaker for you two? Yeah, at this point in my life. I would say yes. There was a another point in my life where I wouldn't have I wouldn't have used that as a qualifying criteria, but yeah. Yeah. Now yeah, that's been a deal sure. breaker for me for for a while. I was in a couple of long distance relationships, but Laura, I think you bring up a good point. These days, no, I couldn't do a long distance relationship anymore. Just because you're older, you want to settle in with a loved one. Now, I'm sure some people listening are like, I'm in my 30s or 40s, and I am in a long-distance relationship. And yeah, sometimes it, it happens, you know? Sometimes you say you'll never date somebody with a cat either, and then, you know, sparks just begin to fly. Exactly. 49% said the other person having a significant amount of debt would be a deal breaker. That's interesting. I don't think that would be a deal breaker for me. I guess it depends on the kind of debt, because like, what if it's student loan debt, you know? Who doesn't have that? I know. That's everyone. Who doesn't have that? Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's more about how it's being managed. Yes. If Mark had rolled up, and he doesn't, by the way, have a ton of debt. But like, if he had rolled up and been like, yeah, I have like 300K in debt and I'm not paying any of it, I'd be like, oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. 
<laughs> By the way, I keep tabs on uh, Mark's profile on his Nintendo Switch account. I saw he recently crossed 1,000 hours of Super Smash Brothers playing. Congratulations, is that, a, Mark. is that a deal breaker? <laughs> no, not at all. I knew about that. I'm joking. I about that a thousand from the start. hours. No, Woo. I mean, I, I don't even know if he knows that. <laughs> but I I'm going to have to tell him, him after we record. Yeah, tell him. Maybe record it. Record it. Oh, <laughs> I will. Reaction. Yeah. Don't tell him you're recording. Be like, Andrew found out. And I want to hear him be like, that fucking loser doesn't he have anything better to do no he won't won't be like that (laughs) the answer is no (laughs) okay this next one's funny 46 percent said voting for donald trump would be a deal breaker (laughs) you did it no you did it you said it (laughs) (laughs) i like i looked at it and i was like are you gonna you gonna sub something in (laughs) i'm sitting here having fun trying to shoot some survey results at y'all all right well i will have a significant sip of my fireball and this is still in play the taboo word of the week should still be in play yeah i agree <laughs> i didn't bring this shot here for nothing okay this one's for you he who shall not be named chug 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 what was that That was more than half okay <sighs> or about half i can't chug well, the whole thing i'm gonna be a mess the rest of the show take another shot <laughs> that's exactly. true so forty anyway, forty six percent said voting for Orange Julius, as Laura sometimes calls him, uh, would be a deal breaker. I love that actually. Oh yeah. So I didn't meet Mark until a few months after he was elected, um, but I specifically had in my profile it was like, message me if you did not vote for mango mango mussolini like (laughs) i do not want to talk to you if you voted for that man the good thing about being gay is most gays are democrats i think Mm -hmm. i know some republican homosexuals but most that i know are democrats and thank goodness pam would that be a deal breaker for you voting for trump yes yes um it has been not even that long ago i went out on a date with a guy but like it was a deal breaker for him too that i had voted for hillary so we were never gonna work out anyway (laughs) well since since you mentioned that 26 percent said voting for hillary clinton would be a deal breaker you know if that's a deal breaker (laughs) i don't think we're gonna work out anyway so it's fine with me yeah a couple other results here 38 percent said uh the person being 10 years older than them would be a deal breaker i get that that's a big difference 10 years Eh. 36% said they're raising children from another relationship. I don't think I could do that because the other guy would probably still be in my life, you know? It'd be kind of weird. Again, this could all go out the window if I meet if I met the one, but I uh, you know what? This one is not that big of a deal breaker for me because I'm a child of divorce. So I've seen this happen. Like I'm I've done this before. You know, like this is mm-hmm. my life. So I just don't think like like I don't know. It would have to be the right person, but I wouldn't automatically rule that person out, you know? Yeah. Be- but yeah. Kids from another relationship know. wouldn't, that wouldn't be a deal breaker for me either. I said Trump again, apparently. You did. I'm going to you- be blackout by the time we <laughs> reach the end of this. You're going to have to get another uh, thing of fireball. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. God help me. Andrew's going to be crying by the end of the episode. <laughs> this was my idea for the taboo word of the week. <laughs> And see, it's funny because I remember when we first threw this idea around, 
this word was suggested. And yeah. we were all kind of like, oh, that's going to be too easy. We're not going to start with that one. No, but uh, yeah, but I'm an idiot. So you're not. Uh, 26% said somebody being a Republican would be a deal breaker. And 28% said that person being 10 years younger than them would be a deal breaker as well. So those are some of the results. And uh, biggest things people are okay with, you make significantly more money than them. 85% said that. They're a Democrat, 71%. You make significantly less than than them, 65%. They're a different race or ethnicity, 71%. And they're a different religion at 60%. I could not date somebody who was enormously more successful than I am. That would just be too much pressure. I would feel like a piece of shit. If they have less money, significantly less money, that's okay as long as they can support themselves. I don't want to be getting in a relationship and then supporting the other person all the time. I've seen relationships like that. And I'm like, what are you doing? You don't want to be a sugar daddy? No, I want to be a sugar baby. That's valid. I, I want oh, to suck so some dick and get paid for it. It's okay if you're the recipient, just not <laughs> the other way around. No, 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 no. Sugar daddy, sugar daddy means you're paying for sex. I think well, that's what not I see all the as. time. Okay. Well, I, no, I don't want to be a sugar daddy. I want that person to to make their own living. I don't mind if the person is more successful than I am, as long as it, uh, they respect that I wouldn't want to drop my career just because they're making more money than I am. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, for sure. Because some, some people are like that. They're like, well, I, I make the most money. I, I further along in my career. So like, let's just say I pop out a kid or two. It's like, you stay home. It's like, no, I don't want to do that. You know? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Good for you, Pam. Roshni said, hold up. Who's the 29% that wouldn't date someone of a different race than themselves? I Racist. Think that tra- oh, I almost said it. I almost <laughs> said it. I was like, true. Tra- uh Orange Julius supporters. That's who. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Because there's a difference between Man, that was close. that you're not going to date somebody of a different race versus like maybe a different culture. I think I could understand that a little bit more. Like sometimes mm-hmm. for some people that are really like deeply ingrained in, in their culture, it's just easier to date somebody inside that similar bubble. And there's some family pressure there sometimes yeah, there's, too. Yeah. But like, say like, okay, like for example, say you're super religious and you just want to make sure that like the other person is really religious. It, that that significantly decreases your dating pool. And sometimes that does have to do with, um, you know, sometimes race plays into a factor, but not all the time. Mm-hmm. I'd have follow-up questions, honestly, if, if you were in <laughs> this percentile. Okay. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that info. I thought it was pretty interesting. And if you have any feedback on deal breakers or deal closers, let us know. Email in. Um, unfortunately, there's no graceful way to transition from, um, from that to acknowledging something that we wanted to make sure to acknowledge here at the top of this show, um, the shooting of Jacob Blake. Um, Jacob Blake was an unarmed or is, excuse me, an unarmed black man, um, who was shot by officers and it's not really clear at this point why, just like a lot of other cases like this that we see, um, he's currently as of the recording of this episode in serious condition, though still alive. Um, and there's footage out there. I would definitely... It recommend it's not for the faint of heart. And if you think that this is something that would be triggering for you, 
um, you know, exercise caution. But it's very clear from the footage that there was no reason to respond in the way that the officers in question did. Um, Although their police chief is asking for people to reserve their opinions until other details are revealed. Um, For me personally, I don't know what else could be revealed that would make shooting someone in the back who's unarmed, just trying to get into their car, make any kind of sense. Um, But we just feel compelled to acknowledge when these things happen at the top of the show so that you know, conversations like the ones that we've been having all summer don't just go quietly into the night. Um, yeah. So that a video keep... is hard to argue with. I mean, yeah, you yeah. see that. I watched the video. When you see that, there's there's no excuse. Yeah, I've so... got. I've got. I'm like trembling right now just talking about it. It's heinously fucked up. Um, mm-hmm. But we, you know, we here at the show. Um, we continue to be advocates for racial justice in this country um, and support defund the, the defund the police movement and Black Lives Matter. And better training. Yeah. I mean, you know, these cops don't know how to act in situations like this, clearly. Okay, so we'll keep an eye on that. And hopefully Jacob Blake uh, makes it through this. Okay, um, it is good news that he is still alive. Changing gears now, it is time for mm, Interfire 2020. <laughs> and before we get to the DNC and the RNC, Laura's going to run through some of the other headlines this week, as if these two conventions weren't big enough. Yeah. Um, first, can I make a request that you henceforth refer to this segment as Mr. Fire? <laughs> That's fine. It's easier to say. <laughs> fire 2020 so the president is not having the kind of start to the week that one would want um for a week that's going to contain the nominating convention for his round two so i thought we would quickly go through all of the things that are happening in donald's no good, very bad convention week. Um, so first of all, Steve Bannon was arrested by postal agents for <laughs> defrauding tens of thousands of people who made donations to the Build the Wall GoFundMes that were out there. Uh, you know, shock and awe. I, I don't know if anyone noticed, no wall has really been accomplished. It was like, and what, they, 100 miles? Right. And of course, it's been found that uh, Bannon and others have used these campaign campaigns in order to enrich themselves off of um, the dollars of scared white people. So he was well arrested done. on a yacht, by the way. Yes, and those was. weren't postal agents, Laura. They were postal inspectors. And my dad used to be one. So he was very oh. excited by this news. And then Fox started calling postal inspectors the deep state. And then my dad was like, oh, looks like I'm the deep state on Facebook. <laughs> <That's amazing. laughs> yeah, my dad was so proud of the postal oh, inspection oh, service. <laughs> I love that. Additionally, his work wife, Kellyanne Conway, has announced that she's going to be leaving the White House at the end of the month um, to focus on her family 
And by that, she means her daughter, who is a fucking savage on TikTok and Twitter and everything else. Um, so good luck with that. And her husband hates Trump. But he's yeah, quitting well, too, he's, right? He's quitting yeah. the Lincoln Project. Yeah. Because yeah. their daughter has gone public and said she's going to try and get emancipated from them because it's an abusive household, apparently. I mean, oh, my God. That, really? Though. She said that? Yeah. yeah. I've heard some chatter about her, but I didn't know what happened. That's crazy. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, Kellyanne, Kellyanne's been there since the beginning. Like, it's mm-hmm. she's probably one of the longest running people uh, inside the White House, outside of the yeah, Trump family. Yeah, but her family, leaving right so. before. Oh, you said it again. Gosh, darn it, tootin', shootin', blutin'. I don't have, I'm out of fireballs. Well, so. While you're, do you need to go get more? So no, just, I'm not going to keep taking shots. I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm buzzed enough right now. Um, Michelle says that she's just going to keep yelling shot until you take it, Andrew. I oh, will apparently you said way. it twice. The Discord is demanding shots. Oh, no. <laughs> You must comply. The best thing I will do is continue to sip a small thing of Fireball because like I said before we started recording, Pat bought a 10-pack and maybe it's because he anticipated that I would keep saying the T word. Probably. Uh, Okay, you say what you have to say. I'll go grab another (laughs) one. Please look at the Discord. That's so funny. (laughs) Um, What I was going to say is that, uh, you know, of course, she's been there since the beginning. So if she wants to bow out now, she's more well within her right to do so. But at the same time, I don't think it's a good look right before this monumental election on that administration's part, because she's largely credited for getting him the win. Yeah. And I, I think she was supposed to speak at the RNC. Ooh, so I don't know so if that's still so happening. now they have a, a, a space free. <laughs> right. Maybe. Um, also, the orange one's sister shit on him in some secret audio um, where she was talking to her niece, Mary Trial. I almost said it. Um, <laughs> I keep catching myself after the er. Um, she spoke to her and confirmed uh, what we've all been thinking the whole time, just that he's um, not dealing in any kind of factual reality, only cares about enriching himself. Um, also added some fuel to the fire about the rumor that he paid someone to take his SATs Ooh. Um, so that he could get into um, UPenn. So this was... Just, I mean, another example of somebody very close to him telling the public what we already know. And again, not something that I would want on the eve of my convention starting. Um, Also, 89 former defense officials spoke out in a Washington Post op-ed against his, quote, militaristic approach towards nationwide protests. Um, New York Attorney General Letitia James, who we talked about just a couple of weeks ago related to the National Rifle Association, has asked a judge to order Eric Trump to comply with the Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. At least you caught yourself. I did. I it was like. My brain knew it was about to happen, but it still it still happened. All right. Here we go. Do it. Do it. Woo! Very good at shots. Thank you. You opened that throat. 
So, guys, not to interrupt what you were just saying, but I went to open up the new 10-pack of fireball shots, and, of course, one flies out, lands on the floor, this piece-of-shit container, the lid pops off. It spills all over the floor. I don't have time to clean it up. I wipe it up really quick. Now the floor is sticky. Brooklyn's going to go get <laughs> drunk now because Pat's not home. Oh He's going to come back, step in the sticky floor and be like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> but I do have another then, one. Then that you did can not blame him open. for buying a 10 pack of fireball yes. shots. This this episode is is canceled. <laughs> <laughs> it's cursed. It's um, a mess. So anyway, New York Attorney General Letitia James has asked a judge to order that uh, one of his sons, the one who I imagine still makes him macaroni art at Christmas, um, has to comply with a subpoena to answer questions under oath and turn over documents related to the Trump Foundation as part of an inquiry into whether the Trump Foundation committed fraud. Oh, no. No, Laura, I didn't see you're racking them up. <laughs> and I don't this have any get. Oh, no. I don't have any more alcohol. I'm gonna okay, I'm gonna finish this out and then I'm gonna go pour myself two shots and then I will come back with them and I will this take is, them on camera. The weirdest episode of <laughs> all gonna time. Be, it's gonna be very strange. <laughs> We're never gonna get through this episode. We're gonna be wasted like 30 minutes in. Oh God. Um so basically, like again, overstating assets, fraud. Duh. Um, and then the Manhattan DA is broadening the focus of their investigation, which was previously thought to be limited to the hush money payments made to people like Stormy Daniels in 2016, to include possible bank and insurance fraud as well. So he's not having a good week. Good. Sucks. Yeah, sucks is to be done. Good for the for for ooh, 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 got real close there. <laughs> is any week a good week for Don? Donnie Don Don. I don't know. So this is a conveniently placed ad read so that as soon as it's done, I can go fill up on two shots to make up for my transgressions. Um, But we definitely did want to speak about a sponsor that's been with us for a long time and who Pam and I love dearly. They're Rothy's. They make stylish, sustainable shoes and bags for life on the go. They're carefully crafted with eco-friendly materials like repurposed plastic water bottles and marine plastic. Vogue calls Rothy's a, quote, personal obsession, and Health says they're, quote, the most comfortable shoes on earth. And it's really a no-brainer. These shoes are instantly comfortable as soon as you slip them on and require no break-in period. They're always coming out with new styles and silhouettes. The newest addition to Rothy's is their first adjustable sneaker, and these shoes speak for themselves. But there are plenty of Rothy's stands getting the word out. In fact, the Point Flat in black has over 3,000 near-perfect reviews. Rothy's has kept 50 million single-use plastic bottles out of landfills and transformed them into their signature thread, which is then knit into beautiful, sustainable products. This checks a lot of boxes for all of the fashion-forward environmental conservationists out there. Check out all the amazing shoes and bags available right now at rothys.com slash M-I-L-L. That's rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash M-I-L-L for comfort, style, and sustainability. Head to rothys.com slash M-I-L-L today. And Laura can head to her fridge to get a shot today. I'm going to go get shots. I'll be right back. So, Pam, did you watch the DNC? Yeah, I watched uh, part of it, and then I watched okay. some highlights. I tuned in every night 
from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern to watch the primetime events because that's when all the big speakers had their moments. Michelle Obama, Barack Obama, uh, the Clintons, a, a variety of people. It was a very impressive lineup, and it spoke to Joe's character, I think, and how well-respected he is amongst the Dems unlike Trump, amongst the Republicans, but we'll talk about that in a moment. The speeches, I thought, were very moving every night. I was getting emotional. I was really moved. I think Obama's, Barack Obama's, was one of the best. Uh, Michelle Obama's was probably number two. I just loved the speeches, and there was just a lot of talk about Trump's lack of control over COVID, jobs that have been lost, the deaths that we've encountered. Oh, man. You're oh, up no. by two. <laughs> okay, well, I'll take a sip. I'll take a sip. This was the biggest mistake. <laughs> you did it to yourself. In the history of the show. <laughs> I did, I'm I'm trying to inform I the people know, right I now. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll drink from this broken one. <laughs> Don't cut yourself. There was a lot of, as Laura wrote in the doc here, a lot of this is not who we are in regards to the Trump administration. And there was a lot of talk. I said it again. If my life, at least I caught it. (laughs) And there's a lot of talk about battling for the soul of the nation, which I think is a really good line. A lot of the speakers also didn't hold back any punches. Like um, Hillary's speech in particular was very cutthroat. She was so good. Yeah, she was so good. Um, And Brock was really good. Yeah, he basically said that, you know, we we've given him a chance to, you know, try and prove that he's worthy of the office that he has. And because he hasn't been able to adapt and won't be able to adapt, we need to vote him out. And I think that that it just like summarized so well, the thoughts of so many people in this country. Meanwhile, Mr. T was watching it live. (laughs) And he was tweeting in all caps. Didn't he say something (laughs) about how like, he tried to take down Michelle's speech because she didn't have the right COVID death numbers or something. And oh, yeah. and yeah. was like, oh, she me? must have recorded this early. So it doesn't count. It's like, no, that that's not how it works, dude. Right. Or also like, oh, yeah. So when she recorded it, maybe it was 150,000 and it jumped in under another 20,000. You right, fucking exactly. dumbass. Like, not yeah. Doing yourself what a any stupid favors. thing to bring up. He's still right. mad that uh melania stole michelle obama's speech a couple He's of years just, ago you know he can't hide melania away forever but they're trying and everybody knows that melania is not going to give a better speech than michelle obama no no and she's way less likable than michelle obama all right i'm going to um pay my penance now <laughs> i have pay the piper i have two shots you have two have y'all talked about kamala yet not no yet. we haven't I did say the T word while you were gone, so I did sip my. I heard it was like three times. It was, and he took he took some understandably small sips, but he's also very far ahead of all of us. That's true. <laughs> well, I'm getting ready to do number two and three. Um, That's so true. anyway, I so... thought I thought Kamala was fucking brilliant. Yeah, and I think that was the most anticipated speech because Joe had only announced her as his VP pick, what, a week prior? And we hadn't really heard from her yet on a big platform like that. So I was most excited for Kamala. And yeah, it was great. She 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 did awesome. She wasn't as cutthroat as you'll see her sometimes, but I think this is more of a dignified event, so there's less room for that. Honestly, I kind of feel like 
taking that approach worked so much better in her favor because we already know that Kamala can be a badass bitch. So, you know, her showing another side of herself to the nation, I I don't think that that can hurt her. Yeah. And I think that's exactly it. Um, For a lot of people tuning in, that was their introduction to her. And they needed to show that she can do both. And I think that she showed that she can do both with that line where she said, I know a predator when I see one. And I was like, oh, like I got legit chills chills because I was you knew exactly who she was talking about, but she didn't have to name (laughs) any names. Yeah, Um, I thought she was brilliant. A couple other things. Joe Biden gave a really good speech on the final night. I thought he was steady. He wasn't making mistakes left and right like you'll see him sometimes do. He was fiery, especially towards the end. It was very passionate, very bold. So I was really impressed by that. There was also this nice outdoor spectacle at the end. They walked outside. There was a big fireworks show. People were socially distanced in a parking lot all their car lights were blinking their flashes were blinking which i thought was a nice touch to make it more vibrant um so i really liked that they did a great job they also did a great job with the roll call each state's roll call was shot in their state so it was this giant tour around america and it was awesome because a lot of these roll calls were shot outdoors so you got to see each state and some of them brought like weird things like calamari in uh, what was that, Massachusetts or Vermont or something like that? Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Thank you. <laughs> no, Andrew, you're wrong. <laughs> so it, it was really I really liked that. On the flip side of that, getting into the RNC now. So that's kicking off today, Monday, the day we are recording. They had their roll call Monday morning for some reason. And Mr. T was very upset. <clears throat> that the networks were not covering that live. Instead, they were covering one of the hearings with Postmaster General DeJoy. And Mr. T was like, why are they covering that instead of the roll call? Well, you fucking idiot. For starters, you're hosting the roll call in the middle of the day, not during prime time. And second of all, you're trying to slow down the mail. And the American people care about that instead of the roll call in this stuffy conference room in North Carolina, which was boring as hell. So the RNC is already off to a rocky start. And I don't think it'll go much better than the DNC because they have these very difficult situations to work with. Yeah, not to mention the RNC has already announced that it has no party platform this year. Their party platform is simply around reelecting Trump. <laughs> I was hoping you would say it. Yes. No. <laughs> you, I give you permission to take like half a shot or something. We still have no, like 90 minutes. These full shots. But we made a promise to the people. <laughs> Well, the first shot, you do a full shot. And then after that, you know, do smaller. Okay. When we get when we get past this. Uh, It'll get easier. Well, no, I'll go get another one because I made a problem. Oh, prom- you're I'm- out of shots already. See, that's why yes. I'm sipping. I I'm drinking make water. It last. Also, I just, for the health conscious among us, I'm drinking water. Also, yeah. highly aware of my limits. And if it reaches a point where it's unsafe, I will absolutely stop. well good we appreciate you being mindful of uh your limits pam's like sober completely for (laughs) For laura and i are over here like (laughs) i fully admit that i have it a little bit easier 
than both of you because you're leading these yeah. two very <laughs> heavy sections of the show. I'm getting better, though. I'm getting better. Um, so some of the speakers at the RNC, apparently the president is going to be speaking every night because, of course, it's always all about him and only him. But numerous other family members are also speaking each night, as well as Rudy Giuliani, Mitch McConnell, and many others in his orbit who worship him. They're missing big names. You don't see George W. Bush speaking like you saw Barack and uh, Bill Clinton. You also don't see Mitt Romney speaking. He was the 2012 candidate. And it just speaks to the fact that these two hate this guy. And so many other people hate this guy. So that's why they don't have any big names. They have they just have people in the family. I mean, I you know, honestly, at the end of the day, that's basically what he's built his platform on. Right. That. That his supporters should only trust people in his family. It's very much about nepotism. So I don't know. I, I feel like they probably don't care because they feel like the entire crew is enough. Right. And of course, his supporters feel that way as well. They right. don't think well, they're just happy it. if he speaks every every night. And they hate they hate the establishment. So they don't want to see Bush. They don't want to see Romney. They don't That's want to true. see any other big name Republicans who aren't involved with you know who every day. Mm -hmm. I just brought back my run with me because I got tired of making the trips. It's a good idea. Like the fact that you got Kasich, you got the McCain family speaking at the DNC <laughs> and the fact you can't get like a single a single distinguished Republican to speak at the RNC is very telling. Not Says even any of the Bushes. No. Nope. Yeah, they yeah all it's hate telling them. that you can't you can't get a living past president right. to speak at your convention. <laughs> mm-hmm. They wouldn't want to anyway. Right. He likes to pretend that like Reagan loves him. But I know. Reagan would have hated him. Oh yeah. <laughs> well that's that's also like that's like a Republican trope. Mm -hmm. Like Every right. four years at the fucking convention, they want to act like Ronald Reagan ascends from the from <laughs> death Jesus. and like anoints their chosen candidate. Like <laughs> he's Republican Jesus. Well, that, that's like the only quote unquote good Republican they can. I go know. Back and, right. and Lincoln. <laughs> that's like their golden age, he and he wasn't even, even that, that great. <laughs> he wasn't even that great so we'll keep an eye on the rnc i like i said at the top of this i tuned in every night to the dnc i don't think i'm gonna tune in every night to the rnc because it's just gonna make me sad not even just to watch the shit show what are they gonna say it's just gonna make me I'll angry you know no, that's that's fair yeah. are you gonna watch pam probably the highlights like laura maybe tonight i'll tune in just to get a taste but i don't i just don't it's just going to make me so mad. It's going to be like watching Fox You're News. You're right, though. It is exhausting. Yeah. I don't want to go to bed mad every night. Although, I'll sleep without any issue tonight, thanks to this fireball. Also, just a quick update on the post office. Like I said, Postmaster DeJoy, he has been testifying. He testified in front of the House and the Senate. He has announced that he's halted changes to the USPS until after the election. That's good. But the changes that he's already implemented are going to stay. And one of those big changes has been reducing the number of mail sorting machines across the country, particularly in battleground states. So he testified in front of the House today. It was a mess. He couldn't name the he couldn't say the prices of mailing a postcard of 
the minimum cost of mailing something priority mail. Uh, they were asking him, the Dems were asking him a lot of questions, basic questions about the operations of the United States Postal Service that he couldn't answer. And it just spoke to the fact that he really doesn't know how this system works. He's going to be trying to save them money. Well, he needs to know how much mailing a fucking postcard costs. Kind of reminds me of Ben Carson. <sighs> right. Testifying. I forget what it was, but like somebody asked him about certain kinds of rates and he thought it sounded like oreos he was like i think those are a cookie <laughs> i don't know how much oreos cost sorry <laughs> but it it just hammers home the point that these people that you know who appoints are the antithesis of the role they are supposed to support they don't belong there because they hurt these departments they don't help them is it time for me q on. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh-oh. Laura's, oh, man. Laura's a little buzzed. Y'all, I don't know how I'm going to be able to get through this with a straight face. <laughs> well, you don't have to. Yeah, I mean... okay. So we want to talk about QAnon and uh, how they've hijacked the Save the Children hashtag and movement and made it into a conspiracy. And I thought we could talk about what is Q. Have you guys heard? I'm I'm sure you've seen rumblings of QAnon over the last few years. Um, so first of all, this movement got started like all awful things on 4chan. They basically think that there is something called a deep state, like Andrew Andrew referred to earlier. Um, that's a bunch of celebrities and Democrats, of course, who are participating in a child sex ring, and they use Jeffrey Epstein as their is one of their explanations of this. Um, they're, I mean, they're basically like, I was, oh, fuck, how do I say this without saying the word? They're basically sycophants of Agent Orange. And they think that Donald Trump was sent by God or some such other <laughs> shit to save us. You just said it again, Laura. You don't. <laughs> You stepped around it and then you immediately said it like five words later. It's hard when there's like, it's like two in one sentence. It is hard. (laughs) Hang on. I'm fixing it. (laughs) Laura, how many shots have you had? I think we need to cut you off. It's going to be five, y'all. Oh my God. Okay. We're cutting you off after this. This is the limit. Okay. I'll, I'll sip it slowly. Um, Yeah. Good, good idea. So don't. Andrew, you've partied with me in hotels for like 15 years. It's fine. You said you have limits, and I have to be mindful of the fact that we still have like an hour to That's go. That's true. So but the I rest of us is going to be me at the end of the show. Yeah, the rest of our stuff myself. is not Agent Orange heavy. <laughs> Laura's going to be like, I know, but you're going to be drunk. You're going to be like, spray Brittany. I've... Brittany must be freed. I love her. <laughs> I mean, that basically sounds like the entire movement. So yeah, so it's very appropriate for this. Uh, we need to do this every episode. Andrew's this crying. is so fun. Oh, my God. I'm crying, too, and I'm not even drunk yet. I'm just picturing, I, I'm just picturing drunk Laura getting really emotional over Brittany. I probably <laughs> will. <laughs> no. We can't do this every week. We're so <laughs> unproductive right now. Ooh. Work's going to be hard tomorrow. Um, So anyway, it's basically like if you took the tea party and moved it like further. I spilled rum and moved it like further to the right. (laughs) It's 
complete insanity. Um, they think that Wayfair, the furniture company, was participating in child sex trafficking and that they were selling furniture that had names like Ashley and whatever the fuck else. And that that was representative of the child sex trade. Meanwhile, Interpol and all of these other international organizations whose primary purpose in life is to address the child sex trafficking issue have come out and said, please stop doing this because you're flooding our tip lines. You're misleading people. Like you have genuine good people who are otherwise well-informed who see the hashtag save our children associated with child sex trafficking. And they start sharing that shit on Facebook because it seems like a good thing on its face, right? Like we're all against the sex trade but QAnon has really hijacked this movement and they're making it a lot harder for people to be able to identify real signs that this is happening Mm. so they've accused a number of celebrities in addition to politicians some of the celebrities who've been caught up in this are Tom Hanks Hillary Clinton Oprah Winfrey Chrissy Teigen Ellen Hillary Duff and Steven Spielberg just to name a few. These poor people. Yeah. <laughs> Getting roped into this I know. This and I think Hillary Duff actually made a statement about it. Like, she's like, mm. I have children. Yeah, I think <laughs> Chrissy Teigen went to town on Twitter about this, too. It's like, it sucks that they all have to do it, though. But here's the scary thing, guys. There are several candidates running for office who have taken the QAnon pledge, including... Yeah. Marjorie Taylor Greene, who actually just won her primary here in Georgia. So she will be on the ballot in November. That is fucked up and just should not be. So we've got a couple of articles that we can link to. I know that it probably sounds crazy coming from my drunk mouth, but I swear to God. Like that is the overview, like the bird's eye view of what's going on. It's complete insanity. What's disturbing about that election is it seems like a lot of people are in support of these ideas that QAnon are spreading. They're not disturbed enough by QAnon that they would not vote for this person. That's what that's what really scares me. Yes, same. But hopefully, you know, this burns out. I feel like it will in time. I know social media networks are trying to get a hold of this. They may have waited too long to try to put the kibosh on this similar like similar to what they've been trying to do with anti-vaxxers. I'm hopeful it will burn out, but there are a lot of fucking weirdos in this country. Yeah. And it's just unfortunate because Save Our Children, it's actually a legitimate movement. And unfortunately, QAnon has hijacked it. So anytime you see that mentioned, you're going to have to do the legwork of figuring out, okay, is my friend legitimately behind this movement or are they a member of QAnon? These shots are making me a little hungry. And I'm excited to talk about this week's sponsor of Millennial for that reason, Magic Spoon. They are back again to sponsor this week's episode of Millennial. They make a variety of cereals for adults. We all still want that feeling of being a kid again, but without some of the elements we can't handle anymore, like loads of sugar first thing in the morning. That's not too great for us. That's where Magic Spoon comes in. They make cereal that is delicious and healthy. Zero sugar, 
11 grams of protein, and only 3 net grams of carbs in each serving. I have tried four of the flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. I'm a chocolate guy, so I stuck with cocoa and frosted. They were all so good. And Pam, you tried them too, right? Yeah, I also really loved the cocoa flavor. I like that it doesn't taste too sweet, but you still get, you know, the the flavor profile that you're looking for. And it keeps me full Mm. until lunchtime, which is great. Thank you, Protein. They are keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. And to make you feel like a kid again, there are games on the back of the box, so you can take your mind off anything stressing you out that day. I want you to try these, shake up your breakfast, eat healthy cereal, and feel like a kid again. Go to magicspoon.com M-I-L-L to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code M-I-L-L at checkout to get free shipping and to let them know we sent you. Magic Spoon, and this is what's so great about them, is so confident in their cereal, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money, no questions asked. And you'll be supporting Millennial by trying them out. You cannot lose here. That's magicspoon.com slash M-I-L-L and use the code M-I-L-L for free shipping. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this podcast and making breakfast I almost said great again. I don't want to borrow that phrase (laughs) for making breakfast delicious. By the way, stay tuned for a new variety show later this week on patreon.com slash millennial. We will be playing code names. This is a card slash board game that I have been obsessed with for the past year or two. Eric from MuggleCast introduced it to me at a New Year's Eve party, and we had so much fun playing it. And then a couple months ago, I learned that there's an online version, an official online version. So I said, we got to do this for the variety show. So that will be coming up this week at patreon.com slash millennial. It's going to be us three plus Mark, Pat, and Jewel. We're going to get together, I guess, have more shots. We'll be recovering from oh, this. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> this is, we're doing this like two days after this episode. I don't know if I can take it. I'm old, y'all. Okay, I'm going to sign Pam up for shots during code names. I'm like <laughs> if sweating. She have hers. Just me? Like, no, I'll have one too. I'll have a, I'll have a drink. It's going to be a lot of fun. So that'll be available on our Patreon later this week for anybody who supports us at the $5 level or higher. Okay, let's move into the Rona Roundup. So I was going to introduce this new segment called the dumb tweet of the week but they have deleted the tweet i see because there was so much backlash the city of la was trying to get all of their residents to spend three nights in an la hotel room go out to bars and restaurants and go to museums and shit to help save la's economy and people were replying to this tweet being like you assholes there's still a pandemic going on why are you telling people to go spend money out and about in the city Unbelievable. If LA's going to pay for it. Well, and it's like they're telling LA residents to go right. stay three nights in an expensive LA hotel. Right. What? <laughs> what? You live That's there. so you don't toned to... up. Yeah. So I see it's deleted now. Never mind. But that's the dumb deleted tweet of the week. I also wanted to complain about this New York Times article. 11 supposedly fun things will never do the same way again. Again, this is nonsense. Once the vaccine is out, Everything is going to get back to normal. Listen to the things on this list. We will no longer blow out the candles on cakes. 
Yes, we will. It's kind of gross when you think about it. Like now that Is we it? Know, yes, now that we know that every time you breathe, that every time you breathe out, like liquid particles come out of your mouth. But if grandma's blowing out the candles on her cake and she says, have a slice, what are you going to do? Say no, grandma? You might have COVID. No, but grandma's two years probably already sick of blowing candles out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to go through this list quickly. Taking a drag from a friend's vape. No, people are still going to take a drag from it because they really want to smoke. Yeah. Letting that's your kids fair. jump into a ball pit. Okay, this one. Germs galore. I can see this one maybe being different in the future. Maybe no more ball pits. Getting a quick after work makeover. I didn't even know that existed. Like at Sephora. Yeah. But honestly, like you should not be putting any of the makeup at Sephora on your face unless it's properly sanitized. And even then I wouldn't do it. No, because the problem is they'll use the same brushes sometimes right. without cleaning them between appointments. Mm-hmm. Foundation, yeah, you're probably safe because that's in, you know, it's pumped out. But like you should not be putting like any of that eyeshadow, any of the lipstick. Fumbling around an escape room. <sighs> Again, with a vaccine, with them being cleaned, I think it'll be okay. People aren't going to stop. People like escape rooms. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Bumping elbows at a loud, crowded bar. We're going to get back to that. People love going to bars. They love being surrounded by people. Plunging a handful of straws into a giant party cocktail. Again, that's fun. We like to do it for the Instagram. Hosting a poker game or a Settlers of Catan night or a D&D night, in Laura's case. We're going to get back to all this. Actually... My D&D night is COVID safe because yeah, I know. it's me and Mark and we're playing with two friends of ours over the computer. So we're doing it over Zoom. Yeah, but a lot of people do do D&D in person, I think. Yeah. And those will resume. Also, passing the microphone at karaoke. People love karaoke bars. It's going to happen. Shopping aimlessly. I'm still going to Target and Costco and shopping aimlessly. Maybe some people would argue it's too early to be doing that right now, but people love to shop. People love to get out. I really think my point of reading this list is I really think that once we get the vaccine, we're going to be looking back at this and being like, can you believe we were where we were? We're going to get back to normal. Everybody's going to feel safe again. Things are going to be okay. I think it depends on how quickly the vaccine comes out. Okay. Right? So like, and how readily available it is to people, because the way I see it now, I think when it comes out, it's only going to be available, it's going to be available in like waves, right? So originally, it's going to be available to older people or people who are immunocompromised. And then after that, it'll probably go down by age group. And a lot of the activities you're describing are very age group dependent. So... Mm We'll see how quickly this comes out. By the way, I was watching this joint interview with Biden and Kamala. And last night it aired on uh, ABC. It was their first joint interview. And Biden brought up the point that the Orange Julius administration has yet to come up with a plan for doling out the vaccine. Correct. And that seems like a very obvious thing for them to plan for right now. You don't need to wait for the vaccine. You can start creating a plan. 
and share that plan with us. That'll probably make us feel better. So where is that plan? They haven't thought of it. They don't have it. It's yeah. the same way that back in March, he was like, oh, this will disappear when it gets warmer. Mm-hmm. Duh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He he wants to win re-election. Tell us what you're going to do to get that vaccine out there. That seems like a vi- that seems like low hanging fruit that they could easily tackle right now. Agreed. What else you got here, Laura? Yeah. So I was gonna say, um, my personal opinion. I don't think going on vacation is a great idea right now. But if you are going to go, there are three places that you especially should not go. Um, so one, my home state of Georgia. For starters, there's really nothing to see here. Um, But also, we are leading the country in infection rates, along with Texas and Florida. So for those of you who, the million of you at home who were planning a trip to Florida for Labor Day weekend, maybe you should rethink that. um, Because the three states that I mentioned are leading the country in cases per capita. Um, And also, just related to the election, coincidentally, these three states are also elected toss-up states. So also some good information for those of you living in Georgia, Texas, or Florida. If you're not happy with the fact that your state is leading the amount of infections per capita, maybe think about how you'll be voting this November. Also, something that I wanted to get y'all's opinion on. So Pelosi is actually against passing smaller coronavirus relief. And I wanted to see if y'all agree. I feel like there are two arguments we can make here. On the one hand, Republicans are pushing for a very temporary band-aid solution. And Democrats want something more substantial to help for the long term. But does someone who needs to pay their rent today care about that? <laughs> no. <laughs> they want action now. Right. They want extra help now. It's shocking that the extra unemployment ended at the end of July, right? We're now nearing yes. the end of August, and there's still no solution? What has happened? I mean, I blame the Senate, of course, because they could have signed off on what the House has created. Right. Ultimately, the decision to do that was, I think, very strategic because it gave Trump the ability to sign his executive order saying, hey, I'll strike. A- oh, damn it. Damn it. I did it again. <laughs> Have a little sip. Uh, Have a little sip. OK, I will in a minute. It okay. gave him the ability to sign his executive order saying, hey, I'm going to strike a middle ground and give you $400 a week as opposed to 600 or 200 which is what the Republican Senate wanted to give you. But ultimately, it's it's a tough, honestly, position that the Democrats are in because they're honestly trying to do better by the American worker with their plan. At the same time, if they strike an if they strike an all or nothing position, then the American people get nothing. And Pam, something caught your eye? Yeah, I feel like this probably should have gone under your dumb tweet of the week because it's LA News adjacent. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, TikTok is a thing and there's famous TikTok talkers and a lot of them are just like dumb teens and a few of them would not stop throwing parties at their Hollywood Hills mansion. So Mayor Garcetti decided to shut the water and power off at their place, which I just thought was really <laughs> funny. 
And yeah. uh, he, t- he took to Twitter to say that he had indeed ordered the utility companies to do this after, you know, the partying got a bit too much. And uh, apparently he had been threatening to do this for a while. So it was a long time coming. Um, I think he was starting to talk about doing this as early as August. And it's not just that they were targeting TikTokers. It was basically like anybody at a residence or any... um place of business that was not abiding by, you know, this mandate that large gatherings were not allowed could be at risk of getting their um, their water and power shut off. So he finally pulled the plug, literally. Yeah, it's pretty cool that he has the power to do that. I know. Um, I have to say, though, this doesn't really it's embarrassing for these influencers or any high profile celebrity who is um, trying to thwart the guidelines. But, like, they're all rich. They can go get a hotel somewhere and be fine. Like, it doesn't... Other than the public embarrassment and public shaming, which will blow over, people will forget about it. It doesn't really do anything. So, like, I like that he did it. But at the same time, I don't feel like that... I don't feel like the influencers are learning their lessons. No, it doesn't solve the problem. And honestly, I don't think that they would start caring about not doing this unless they started losing an exuberant amount of followers you know because that's how they make their money but these kids like they don't care i guess my my question for you guys would be is is like do do we feel like people that do have social influence do they have a a moral responsibility to lead by example with something like this i think so i think so that said these people hosting parties i don't think they're broadcasting them on social media Right, I think that they're still posting to Instagram stories and stuff, being like, "Oh, look okay. at me! I'm like, we're all at a party." Because I've seen like helicopter shots of these parties happening, but of course that was broadcast on the news, not on social media. So that's why I was wondering. But yeah, they do have a responsibility to lead by example. I think anybody who has a voice that is broadcasting to a big audience of people, they they need to think about what they're saying, what they're sharing. And think about the consequences and uh, what others could be getting from this. I mean, by by showing that you're partying during a pandemic, you're giving your followers permission to party during a pandemic. No, I agree. And for the same reason, I'm not, obviously, I'm going to try not to say the magic word for the rest of the episode, but I'm going to hold off on the drinking because I don't want to be encouraging people to do a lot of heavy drinking, right? Like, hmm. okay. <laughs> what are you saying? Hmm. Okay. Interesting excuse. Well, no. I mean, I just, I feel, I feel a sense of responsibility. Like you well, should. Well, they're not playing the taboo word of the week game. You are. What do you mean? <laughs> we... I am. You're playing too. <laughs> I mean, the listeners aren't playing. They shouldn't be playing. <laughs> no, but at the same time, you just like you look at all of the examples around the country of like educational institutions, for example, bringing a bunch of young people back together, and it's only one small step, right, to having a big party like that. And if you see an influencer on TikTok doing it. Then you think, oh, well, why can't I do it as well? So Mm -hmm. I think that it is important that somebody like that be made an example of, especially when they've been given the warning. It's not like this was done without any kind of preemptive threat. Like this has been weeks in the making. Yeah, We've known about this for weeks that there was the threat that anybody who was 
exceeding any kind of social distancing guidelines was going to have this happen to them. I am not a fan of Tyler Oakley, a big YouTuber, but he did post a video on his YouTube channel in which he calls out the influencers who have been partying during the pandemic. I haven't watched the video. I've been meaning to, but good on him for speaking out against his fellow people and telling them to fuck off. Okay, so we are going to talk about the Free Britney movement in a moment, but first, our final sponsor of the week is a game changer and just makes your life easier. They are Stamps.com. With Stamps.com, you can print postage on demand and avoid going to the post office. Even before the quarantine, Stamps.com was saving me so much time and effort. Being able to print stamps at home and at better prices than you'll find at the post office has been a life and time saver. Plus, using Stamps.com over a visit to the post office is just one safer move you need to be making. Anything you can do at the post office, you can do at Stamps.com. Their on-demand postage means you can skip that trip to the post office, plus you can save money with discounts that you can't even get at the post office. Whether you're a small business sending invoices, an online seller shipping out products, or just working from home and need to mail stuff, Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail going anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail is ready, just hand it to your mail carrier or drop it in a mailbox. It is that simple. And like I said, with Stamps.com, you get great discounts too. Five cents off every stamp and up to 62% off USPS and UPS shipping rates. And there's no equipment to lease and no long-term commitments. Plus, you're helping the USPS who really need help right now. We always talk about good ways to save time and money, and Stamps.com is a perfect example of that type of product. Stamps.com is a no-brainer, especially right now, because you get to take care of all the mailing you need to do without leaving your house. Right now, our listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in M-I-L-L. That's Stamps.com and enter M-I-L-L. All right, so Pam, you wanted to tell us about the hashtag Free Britney movement. Poor Britney Spears. Yeah, Britney's uh, back in the news. If you guys, you guys, I'm sure are familiar with this hashtag at least, right? It pops up fairly yes. regularly. I've been following it. Yes, as somebody who has seen Britney two times in Las Vegas, I have been following That's the Britney. Right. You're the, the Free Britney, Britney super movement. fan of this channel. <laughs> The first time I really loved it. The second time I was like, why did I go a second time? This is boring. Well, you know, Brittany has really turned her life around a lot over the course mm-hmm. of the past few years. She's been working consistently, as you said, with her very successful Las Vegas residency. She's put out some new music. She's gone on a world tour. She's very active on socials. Um, and this was not always the case for her. She obviously had a very public mental breakdown uh, that we all, I'm sure, remember back in 2008. Laura looks like very excited to to weigh in. I I just look excited because I've thought of shaving my head. If that's okay, what that's you're talking fair. about, under better circumstances, though. <laughs> yes, this all led to um, Brittany being put under a conservatorship. So 
the two people that have been running her estate since 2008 are her father, Jamie Spears, and also her attorney, Andrew Wallet. Uh, but he actually resigned in 2019. So now her father's the only one that runs her conservatorship. Um, and this basically means that her dad is her legal guardian. He's responsible for her entire fortune and has been since 2008. Um, he's also reportedly at the head of all negotiations that go down in business deals that have to do with Brittany's um, livelihood, although her attorney does insist that she's always involved in negotiations. And because conservatorships are a pretty serious business, like usually people that are under conservatorships are either um, – you know, in a coma or like very gravely ill or mentally incapacitated. You know, it, it, it this is not anything to be taken lightly. Uh, there's a lot we don't know about Britney's conservatorship, but some of the more outlandish claims is that like she can't even like leave the house without her dad giving a say so and that she can't even buy like anything like she can't even buy like a drink at Starbucks without her dad giving the OK first. So, um, the Free Britney movement has been going on since 2008 when Britney was first put under conservatorship. But in recent years, uh, supporters have argued that she doesn't really need to be under so much control because she's turned her life around so much. And a lot of fans actually believe that she has been sending secret messages saying that she needs some help getting out of this, um, specifically pointing to certain posts on her Instagram account. So a little bit of this has to do with some conspiracy theories. Uh, but Brittany herself has never uh, been very vocal about this until recently. And this is why I wanted to bring it up today, because last week she and her attorney filed um, a petition with the L.A. Superior Court asking that uh, her father be removed as her conservator. So this is really only adding fuel to the fire here. You know, people that have always believed that she's never wanted her dad fully in charge of her life. And now Brittany herself is saying she strongly opposes having her father return as her conservator. Um, unfortunately for her, the court ruled to extend his conservatorship until February of next year. So that's where we're at. And I'm sure we'll be seeing free Brittany trending uh, over the course of the next few months because of this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Brittany going to court and asking to be, released from this i think says it all uh, it says that there really is an issue going on here i believe putting her under this was probably a really good idea at the time but i would like to think that she is better now but that's the million dollar question is she truly better now or does her dad just want to maintain control over her because there's a lot of money in it for him so if she is genuinely better then yes she should be released from this. Because like you said, I mean, she he has to give permission to whenever she wants to go out. And we know this to be true because there was there was this TMZ uh, paparazzi photo shoot a couple years ago where you see her at an In-N-Out drive-thru with her boyfriend. And that got her in trouble. Like, she is really in a prison right now. Like I said, if she's better, she needs to be released from this. But we don't know if she's genuinely better. And that's the problem. Right, right. It also raises questions just about like when somebody is so young and gets involved in show business and starts making a lot of money, how how well educated are they in terms of managing their expenses, 
mm-hmm. and you know taking care of things like their mental health i don't know how well she was educated on those things so i don't feel qualified or educated enough to make an like give an opinion on what her current status should be yeah and actually honestly you're kind of leading me to a point that I wanted to bring up here, which is just the the idea of celebrities and mental health in general. Um, we see this happen a lot. You know, a, a fair, I'm sure we could all list a, a different celebrity that has very publicly had a mental breakdown, has had to go mm-hmm. to rehab, has maybe relapsed. And I wanted to know if you think that the public discourse if the public discourse surrounding this is ultimately, you know, good or bad. Because I think in the case of Brittany, you could kind of argue it both ways. Like if she really does need help getting out from underneath her father's thumb, then maybe the public outcry could help her case. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, we're still talking about a very sensitive subject matter. And that's the reason ultimately that he's in control, you know? Yeah. So the Brittany stands really do believe in the free britney movement everything they read you know tells them that she should be released from this and i want to agree with them but i just don't see the proof that one way or the other that she's mentally well so i don't know how people other than going off of hearsay can can make a decision on this but i think you bring up a good point that the public discourse could be helpful in having her released from like you said under her father's thumb because you know that public pressure as we see time and time again can really make a difference yeah yeah i mean that i think the headline at the tail end of the weekend was that the aclu also spoke out on the free Mm. britney movement saying that they offered their services to help her um you know get away from the conservative the conservatorship she no longer wants so it's definitely gaining momentum. Well, I'm a big fan of the ACLU. The only thing I'm comfortable speaking on is I'm aware of situations wherein people are in positions where they need some kind of guardianship in order to make sure that they're safe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those cases don't get a ton of fanfare or a ton of attention. So I'm very much cautious when it comes to speaking on this and saying, like, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what the right approach is. One one thing is for sure, though. I think we all feel awful for Brittany. Yeah, and of course. I also, this is getting gossipy now, but I wonder where her boyfriend stands on this. Brittany right. and Sam have been together for years. And I think at the beginning, people kind of saw that relationship as a joke because he's like in his 20s and she's like 10, 15 years older than him. So it was was a little surprising and people thought it it might just be a fling. (laughs) (laughs) And he is jacked too. Like he probably breaks her in half. But anyway, if Brittany genuinely does need to be released from this conservatorship, um, I think her boyfriend needs to be speaking up and trying to break through to her father because I assume he's well, he isn't, he's right. not crazy too. Well, the other or thing was is at any too, point. you have to think like if her father has as much control as is speculated or as we've seen in some instances, then her boyfriend must have been approved 
to, right, right to like be around to be around her, her. so yeah. it's like is he even really the best person to speak out on her behalf you know it's like we don't really know there's there's so much that's unknown honestly but on the other hand like how could you continue to be in that relationship if you know she's in jail practically i mean uh, that can't be helpful in a relationship I don't know. I don't want to start speculating too No, I know. Much. It's really easy to go down the conspiracy theory hole with this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't think that there's a right answer for, for us to give either way. But, you know, mm. it's it's just very timely. And so I thought it would a be good thing to be aware interesting of. to just talk about it a bit and check in. Yeah. I, f- I mean, we all love Britney. What's not to love about Britney? So many great albums right. over the years. A figure uh, in our lives for many, many years. Absolutely. I mean, those early albums, my goodness. They defined some years for, for us. Her and NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. And I think we all want to see uh, things going better for her. So I will say, if you look at her Instagram, you do have to wonder if she's okay or not, because she's some of just, this stuff is a little... You know, doing her little fashion shows and... Yeah, it's a, it's a little goofy. Maybe yeah. she's just quirky. That's Yeah, that's maybe all she that likes... That. Like, maybe brings her joy. I was mm-hmm. going to say, I know what our outro music is today. <laughs> Something <laughs> Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, because <laughs> so I'm going to make a related... From. Oh, man, go back oh. to, like, old school. Yeah, maybe we should do toxic because you're both a little intoxicated. There we go. <laughs> sure. I'm getting better. Sure. But yes. Or how about, oops, I did it again because we keep oh, breaking the rule. Oh, that's true too. Oops, that's a good one. I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play both so Laura and I can sober up for we'll after dark. <laughs> okay. So we wanted to take a quick break before we get to recommendations and closing out the show to just say that this episode of Millennial has been sponsored by listeners like you. We are so grateful for all of you who support us at patreon.com slash millennial. And actually this week, we received the ability to unlock access to annual memberships. So if you sign up for an annual membership with us, you will actually get a 10% discount, which equates to a free month of your subscription on a yearly basis, which is really cool. At the same time, we love and are so appreciative for everyone who supports us, whether on an annual basis or on a monthly basis, you'll get access to our benefits like After Dark, which is our flagship benefit, our variety show, which we're actually going to be recording this week, Bay Hangouts, and so much more. So thank you so much, all of you, for all of your support. Yeah, we're really excited about that new annual membership because we know people have been asking for that. So do take a moment to sign up for that if you want. And if you're an existing patron, you can upgrade your account as well to that and you will still get that discount. All the benefits are, are the same, by the way. It just changes when you pay. Okay, time for recommendations. And I gotta admit, I was really struggling to come up with a recommendation yesterday and today. But then it hit me while we were talking about the Free Britney movement. Y'all need to stop sleeping on Glory. That is Britney's most recent album. It was released in 2016. It got a re-release earlier this year. She added a new song called Mood Ring by Demand. But there are a bunch of good songs on this album. My favorite is Do You Want to Come Over? It is so 
good. I won't even spoil it. Just listen. There's a sound effect that I really get a kick out of. It's it's a very visual song, I guess you could say. Also, Clumsy and Private Show and just talking with you guys over the past few minutes and then seeing some Britney Rex in the Discord like Lucky. What a body of work by Miss Britney Spears. Hashtag free Britney. I love everything that she does, <laughs> except for when she performs live because she lip syncs and it's just. But she sad. gets a pass. It's like universally decided that she she gets to lip sync. I guess. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what were you laughing at, Laura? Oh, just you. It's fine. Oh, <laughs> she really must. I had a lot of shots tonight. <laughs> oh I took gosh, full shots for every Laura. time I fucked up. She she. Oh. You know what? Laura's Laura's a real one. Yeah. Good for you. And Pam, congratulations on not <laughs> saying the word today. How did you, you not fuck this up? I don't know. I tried really hard. <laughs> oh. and I just saw you guys getting progressively more and more tipsy. And I was like, I can't do that. I don't want to go there. Because my segment's at the end of the show. So that would have been a disaster. That's true. <laughs> Next time we need to pick a word that will intentionally get Pam. Yes. I mean, I still have this. I, I can't put this shot back in the bottle. I'll probably yeah, end up take it. it at some point, take so. it. Yeah, I know. I know what she'll uh, get in trouble for saying. One hundred percent. There we go. I probably would. Every Pam's time. favorite phrase. <laughs> I was really hoping I would get her for Secret Santa last year because I just wanted to get her a shirt that said one hundred percent. That's such a good idea. <laughs> Maybe this Christmas. We'll see. Anyway, Laura, what's your recommendation? So I wanted to recommend checking out the nasa website for the what did hubble see on your birthday uh section that they have so the hubble telescope is turning 30 years old this year i'm a space nerd so i love this shit and because hubble explores the universe 24 hours a day seven days a week that means that it has observed some fascinating shit on your birthday and you can go to the NASA website and you can plug in your month and date of birth and it will show you a picture of some year on your birthday when Hubble has taken a picture of outer space. For mine, Hubble observed hundreds of new galaxies that it had never seen before. And as somebody who's like a space aficionado, it was really cool to see all of that. I set it as my background screen on my phone. Um, so definitely recommend checking that out. It's just full of wonder and joy. And I feel like that's something we all need this year. Nice. I want to recommend continuing to wear your sunscreen, even though we're coming out of summer. Um, I just think because we've all been cooped up indoors, that's something that we're probably all forgetting to do. But it's still very important, especially if you're sitting by a window to get that sweet, sweet vitamin D. I'm really bad at doing that. I need to get better at it. Yeah. Just especially get a moisturizer. In Las Vegas. I know. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Just get a moisturizer that has SPF in it. It's a good idea. So what's coming up in After Dark today? So we're actually going to be talking about the ways in which we've managed to save money during quarantine. There are certain things that we're spending less money on. Even if we're not necessarily upping our savings accounts, there are things that we just don't have to buy as much anymore. So we're going to talk about those. We're going to play a game with it. And we also got patrons to sound off. And we're going to play a game with that as well. So it'll be pretty yeah. fun. Cool. I look forward to that. Yeah. 
So that'll be at patreon.com slash millennial. Thank you again for your support. We really do appreciate it. We've seen a lot of new patrons recently, and it's just awesome. It makes us so happy. And we use that money, obviously, to buy shots. So thank you so much. Yeah. If you have any feedback about today's episode, send it in, millennialshow at gmail.com, or use the contact form on millennialshow.com. That's where we also have the confessional if you want to submit something anonymously. You can also follow us on social media. We're a millennial show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. And I'm Buzzed. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.